Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Well, there's no other way to put it. I've seen a lot of dead bodies, been to a lot of crime scenes, homicide scenes, uh, morgue visits during autopsies. And one thing I have wondered over and over, and there's no good answer, why is it so often that the good people are the ones that are killed, that are taken advantage of, that die young in life, that are mistreated. Why is that? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know this. Whoever killed Knox Panther, they're going down. So help me God in heaven. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Listen to this. This is Jamie Kennedy, CBS 46. He took incredible care of his grandparents, never complained, uh, always put others first. Family and those close to the painters described Knox Painter as a man with a huge heart and caring nature. He had been through cancer when he was four, had lost an eye. He lost his mom to cancer when he was a teenager, and he was always there uh, trying to help take care of his sisters and his brother. You know, that is a rare person that will step up and take care of an aging relative. It's not easy. It's not a lot of, there's not a lot of hallmark moments in that. Although, actually, I take that back because there's plenty. I've got my mother with me, just turned 90 years old. And I thank God every day that I'm the one that gets to take care of her. I don't want her living somewhere else. I want her with me. And I want to help her just the way she helped me growing up. And that is who Knox Panther was, I started to say is, at just 24 years old. To top it all off, he survived childhood cancer only to be gunned down. Why? Again, this is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. Kirby Clements, high-profile lawyer and author of How to Keep Your A-S-S, except it's money signs, out of jail. Okay, thanks, Kirby, for that. Karen Stark, renowned psychologist, joining us out of Manhattan. You can find her at karenstark.com. That's Karen with a C. Cheryl McCollum, founder and director of the Cold Case Research Institute. And you can find her at coldcasecrimes.org. Dr. Michelle Dupree, longtime friend and colleague, forensic pathologist, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide, Taisha Fernandez with us, uh, TV news reporter at WSB-TV Atlanta, and special guest joining us, Donald Pridgen, longtime friend of Knox Painter. Who is Knox Painter? Why was his life cut short? Take a listen to our cut number three, our friends at Fox 5. 
the victim's family came forward, as you mentioned, and identified him as 24-year-old Knox Panter. Now, East Point police say he was shot when he went out to his truck in the middle of the night and noticed some guys breaking into it. Shots were fired, and those guys drove off in a dark four-door sedan. This was on East Woodland Circle just after 1 on Friday morning. Medics rushed Panter to Atlanta Medical South, where doctors were unable to save him. The family is just so heartbroken that they didn't want to go on camera, understandably, right now. They describe him as a sweet, caring, and hardworking person. I spoke with a close friend who knew him since he was a little boy. Despair uh, first, but then, then tremendous anger. If, if any of your vehicles had been tampered with, or if you've got videos of, of, of people acting oddly or, or any question at all, please turn it over to these point police. And with me, the person whose voice you are hearing, Donald Pridgen, longtime friend of this young man, just a big teddy bear, Knox Panter. Donald Pridgen, from what I am hearing, and I've asked a lot of people, and believe me, Knox Panter is right up there with some of the kindest people I've ever heard about. Donald Pridgen, I don't care who the victim is, what they are, if they're a nun or a hooker. Because Lady Justice is blind. She doesn't care uh, got in your Vanguard account. It doesn't matter under the law. But it's especially painful when such a fine person, a fine young man, there taking care of his grandmother, for Pete's sake, is gunned down over what? Stealing something out of his vehicle? To... Donald, what's your understanding of what happened? Well, I guess Knox heard a disturbance. He went outside. He confronted, I believe it was two individuals, and they shot, and there was gunfire, and, and Knox, uh, Knox was shot in the chest and, and, and pretty much died there outside the house. When did you learn that Knox was killed? Well, it happened uh, at 1 o'clock Friday morning, and I, I found out uh First thing Friday morning when the sun came up, uh, his uncle called me. How did you know, Knox? Well, I was fortunate enough to be grafted into the Panter family uh, when I was 14 and uh, been blessed to be a part of all their ups and downs uh, since then. I'm 56, so a long time. Very fortunate. You know, Cheryl McCollum, uh, you and I have handled a lot of cases together in the trenches. I don't mean on a, in front of a TV camera. I mean working the cases, trying to find perps, bringing them to justice, trying to help crime victims. And this reminds me so much of my very first carjack murder case. The victim was a young man. I can't remember if you were in and around the courtroom when I tried this case, but he had gone outside and somebody was trying to steal his car. Mm -hmm. And he was unarmed. I think it was in the middle of the night. I think he ran out in his gym shorts and his T-shirt. And they shot him dead in the driveway. And that case sticks in my mind because of one very poignant moment in it. The neighbor heard the gunfire and ran outside, saw the teen lying there bleeding out, and ran in and got a pillow and put under his head mm -hmm. as he was dying or was already dead. And that, that act of, of kindness and, and love 
toward this teen boy dying in his own driveway over what a car and it 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 Knox Panther's case reminds me of that the senseless killing over what 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 is your understanding Cheryl of what happened well you've got a young man that loved his grandmama and his grandfather has just recently died so he didn't want her to be alone he wanted to be there to help her out with household things as well as protect her so when he hears whatever's going on outside, he goes out to see what's going on. And they were breaking into his work truck. And he had started his own business as a tree trimmer. So he had all kind of saws and carabiners and ropes. That's how he makes a living. So when he hollered out at him or whatever he did to get their attention, they shot him. Mm. They shot him over items that were his. And these folks, it's important for people to remember, Nancy, that a lot of these entering autos, they're just kind of like, oh, well, they just broke into a car. It's not a big deal. These young men have graduated from being a petty thief to a murderer. And over what? Over what? For whatever Knox had in his vehicle? Over nothing. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We want these two perps. I want them behind bars. I want them behind bars so badly. This, I want to call him a kid, but he's 24. His whole life in front of him. And he was there at that location out of pure love for his grandmother. Now, how many people do you know that want to take care of their grandmother? Because I don't know very many. As a matter of fact, I know a lot of sons and daughters that don't want to take care of their mother, much less their grandmother. Think about it. Everybody in this studio, three ladies are sitting with me, and everyone is shaking their head yes, that they know people, that they don't have time to take care of mom and dad, visit, much less take care of them, much less their grandmother, You know, it makes me think, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about her before, Karen Stark, my grandmother Lucy, my mother's mother that lived down the street from us growing up. I named Lucy after her because I love her so much. And uh, I can tell you a quick story, Karen Stark. So when uh, my fiancé that was murdered, Keith, moved to Athens to finish up his geology degree, I transferred to Mercy University so I could be closer to him. And so we'd burn up the phones on long-distance phone calls. And my father, oh, he did not want to see that phone bill. So I would sneak the phone bill when it came to, I'd look every day to get the the uh, Southern Bell phone bill and try to pay it before he got it. And one time, I think it was like $50. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord, and I have a where am I going to get $50? Nancy, I don't want to hear these terrible stories about you. And wait, so I didn't know anybody to ask for $50. So I went to my grandmother, Mama Lucy, and you know what? I didn't know any better. She didn't have anything. She had nothing. She worked her whole life in a factory, and on a farm. And do you know, she said, bring me my pocketbook. And she unrolled some money, a money ball, and she counted out $50 cash, which you know 
she did could not afford to give me. And she gave me. And I went, oh, thank you, and I hugged her and kissed her and ran off, not understanding that that was a big sacrifice to her. And I went to the phone company and paid the bill with cash. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about a grandmother. And here is Knox Panter trying to take care of his grandmother. What With me, another special guest. You, you know her. You see her. Taisha Fernandez with WSB. Taisha, who are these guys that gunned down this young man over nothing? These thieves are willing to do whatever they have to do to get what you have. And unfortunately, during the holiday season, they get more brazen. And when we heard what happened in East Point, we knew that they were breaking well, into Wait, cars. wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. The holiday season. Taisha, unlike a lot of places, we still say Christmas. It is Christmas. Okay. It's Christmas. Well, you know i got to be a little bit more politically correct than you, but yes. Well, not Christmas. here. Okay, the day good. Christ well, the was Christmas born, season. my Holy well, Father, him. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Jesus' birthday. I got you. So people steal from other people to give Christmas to their families, as crazy as it sounds. Or to buy dope. Yeah, order by dope. Get a five rock a crack and they're all fine. Yes. Well, they have been terrorizing that particular East Point neighborhood for weeks. You know, that wasn't the first time Knox's truck was broken into. I believe it was the second or third time. And I believe he was fed up along with many other people. It's so relatable. You see somebody breaking into your property. Your first instinct is going to be to grab your gun and protect your stuff. And to know that these people, these thieves, I don't even want to call them people, that they killed Knox over breaking into his own property. I mean, to hear his family and friends talk about how wonderful he was, you know, it made us tear up in the newsroom. And the sad thing is this isn't going to stop. And without more of a police presence, it's going to keep happening to more good people. And I like what you said earlier, Nancy, why does it always happen to the good people? I mean, I'm waiting for God to tell me that when it's my time to go. Why the good people? Is it to show us more of an example of how horrible we are? You know, I'm looking at Knox Panter right now. He's just a big teddy bear. I'm looking at one that says, it was just posted about 18 hours ago, Kelly. It says, cancer survivor killed while intervening in burglary of his truck. And I, I don't know if you have this picture, but I love this picture of him. I'm just going to show it real quick. That big smile he's got. He just looks like I just want to hug him with that smile looking at the camera. He's like a big teddy bear to me. And he died. He bled out over what was in his truck. Joining me, uh, I mentioned earlier, is a high-profile lawyer. You know him well, Kirby Clements. And Kirby is a defense attorney and author. But Kirby and I go a long way back. Kirby was Mr. Cool at the Fulton County District Attorney's Office when I was the prosecutor. I was always running up and down the halls like a whirling dervish all strung out about my next trial and this bad guy and that bad guy. And Kirby was always so even-keeled. You know, Kirby, do you remember the, still there, the parking lot right there uh, on the corner of Pryor and MLK? Yes, the, okay. the underground parking lot. 
Yeah, for underground Atlanta. But, you know, I, I consider it the courthouse parking lot. Well, I couldn't afford the courthouse parking lot. It's like $15 a day. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and I would actually go way, 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 way down toward the jail detention center and park down there and walk in high heels and the rain, the whatever, dragging. You know how I dragged that trial cart behind me on wheels? Right. Yeah. All the way and up the steps into the courthouse. And finally, I finally, after X number of years in the DA's office, got a spot in that parking deck. Do you know, Kirby, how many times my car was broken into? I think 11 or 12 times. And for what? Do you remember Jeanette Barfield, our office administrator? You know how mad she'd get at me because I'd keep the pol- the one Polaroid. I think we had two Polaroid cameras for the whole office, and I'd have it in the right. on my back seat to go out and take pictures for juries, and it would keep getting stolen. <laughs> Finally, you know, I just started leaving my window down and leaving nothing in the car at all, uh, or the window up and unlocked because my car was broken into so many times. I knew the n- number by heart for Dr. Glass and the locksmith, or mostly Dr. Glass, to help me, you know, get my car fixed. How does it how does it escalate, Kirby, from breaking into somebody's truck to leaving him dead on the ground, bleeding out? You know, Nancy, I, I will tell you a couple of things. One, I, I used to park in another parking lot down there, and... uh I I, uh, I kept a junkie. How much did it cost, Kirby? Uh, it was cheap. It, I think I paid thirty dollars a month or something. It was some ridiculous amount. Covered and parking. I, I this, Covered. Yeah, it was. It was way down. It was near the federal courthouse. It was a. Uh, it was a really uh, no, old, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. I didn't have time because you know I'd fly in at the last minute with all oh, my yeah, stuff. I, would, I could not walk all the way from the federal courthouse to the to Fulton County Superior. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Go ahead. No. No. But I kept a junkie car, so I figured, you know, they just say it's too much garbage in there. But as to how this thing moves along, I'll tell you, um, I, I kind of came to this conclusion from my prosecutor days and as my, def- my defense lawyer days. You have people, a man with no hope is a dangerous man. And I think you have a lot of people out there who may not, it's not about just necessarily getting drugs. It's just people don't even understand, that they don't appreciate the value of their life or the value of anyone else's life. And if you don't, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. See the value in yourself. You're not going to see the value in anyone else. Well, wait, wait, let me understand. You have your JD. That's Juris Doctorate, correct? You do have that, right? Yeah. Now, I don't recall I do. you having a degree in psychiatry or psychology. What are you saying? You don't love yourself. You can't love anybody else. What does that have to do with Knox Panner getting gunned down outside his grandma's house? Oh, no. Oh, Several things. One, uh-huh. because you, I, I'm telling you, I talked to these young men. My son has been shot at just walking down the street by people who just pulled up to shoot. And I, I just tried to get an understanding. So you talk to people. You talk to your clients. You talk to people. And you realize they just feel like, you got something I want. I'm going to get the thing I want. And it doesn't matter what I have to do to get it. And you think to yourself, wait a minute. You are listening to your clients? You think they're telling you the truth? Oh, Kirby, where did I go wrong? Bring you up, son. Whether they did it or not. But when they they do it, I'm telling you, Nancy, it's, you got to look. You got to talk to these people. I wish you could see all the eyes that are rolling in here. Everybody's eyes are rolling, and it doesn't. Kirby, please don't start believing your clients. You're going to be out of business pretty quickly. But remember, even if you're going to start believing them, get the money up front. 
Get the money oh, no, no, I, up no. front. Don't listen no, when they say they're going to pay you after the trial. Mm-mm, don't. No, no, you, you, gotta, you, you have to talk to them and their families, and you learn, and you sit there. And, you, and I sat there, and you look at people tell you with a straight face about a crime that they committed, and you'll ask them, well, what were you thinking? And when they, when they finish saying the words, you just have to go, wow, that was just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But then when you start hearing a whole lot, you realize, you know what? First of all, I'm not going to call it, well, it's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, but it's a consistent dumb thing that I hear all the time. So these people have no... Donald Pridgen, do you see what we have to put up with? You got Knox, the panter, who's never done anything wrong, who goes out to check on his truck, and these people gun him down. I don't care what they've been through in their life. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Donald, explain to me how Knox ended up the one taking care of his grandmother. Well, I mean, they they were they were up in age and they needed someone to do just basic stuff around the house, the yard work and, and uh, help with some of the heavy lifting. Um, so that that's how he ended up over there. Was he living there? Was he staying there? Yes, ma'am. You yes, know, ma'am. I'm looking at some pictures. Taisha Fernandez joining me from WSB TV. And you probably had them before People Magazine had them, but I'm looking at them in People Magazine of two guys they're both dressed in black. Yes. Um, Hard to see their faces. In one of them, I can see the. It's blurry, but I can see it pretty well. They're wearing hoodies, black hoodies with some kind of logo on them, and it's. It looks like they have the same white logo on the left side of their jacket or hoodies, and there's also. Some type, something light colored emblazoned on the shoulders as they are running. Somebody knows these guys, and hopefully they turn them in for the Crime Stoppers money sometime soon. And I have a feeling they're blabbing their mouth about what happened as well. They're not keeping it to themselves. What is that phenomenon, Karen Stark? Karen Stark joining me, renowned psychologist, joining us out of Manhattan. Karen Stark, why can't people keep their yaps shut? Oh, I mean, it's just human instinct, Nancy, especially if you're somebody who's excited about doing this as much as that seems crazy. You're going to want to brag to other people and let them know because for you it's an accomplishment. But I want to say something about human nature. It isn't true that everybody is basically good. There are people that are not good, that are bad. And I'm not even sure that these guys, I bet, did not, it didn't matter what was in the car nearly as much as they started off with a gun. And so they were prepared to use that to shoot somebody. And I really do believe that that's part of the excitement for them, that they were ready to use it and looking to do that and able to laugh about it afterwards. And unfortunately, there are people like that in the world. And seeing themselves all over the news on every single station here in Atlanta, I'm sure is fueling them up for the next ride. Absolutely. Nancy, I got to jump in here. Am I, uh, can I stop you? No, not at all. Uh, 
Um, what you're seeing, there's no city, whether it's Chicago, Miami, Kansas City, New Haven, entering autos are just rampant. You have got organized street gangs that are targeting these vehicles for guns. You can ask a thousand people that have had their car broken into and they'll tell you the glove compartment was open in the center console. They're looking for guns first. Then they'll move to tools and electronics and things of that nature that they can easily pawn for, you know, quick cash. But those guns are paramount to them. It gives them not only a level that they can move to their next crime for an armed robbery or even a bank robbery, but also the amount they can get on the street. For example, in Atlanta, a hot gun is going to bring you about $200, whereas in New York, it's going to bring you 1200 So if you've got a street gang that can send out 15 to 16-year-old, 17-year-old people and hit 40 cars a night, if they can all bring those guns back to one fence and that person goes to New York, you're talking about tons of money using very young people to do it. This was strategic. This was organized. And they will be connect, you know, connected to multiple crimes in the metro Atlanta area. And, you know, Kirby Clements, um, as you know, I remember the first time I understood what dapers were doing. Um, you know, our boss, Mr. Slayton, the longest serving district, elected district attorney in the United States at that time. I think it was 37 Great, years. Fine, fine, fine boss. Uh, Kirby, you know, he'd send us to... Grand, he'd send us to indictments where we'd learn to drop indictments. He'd send us to grand jury. We'd have to present to the grand jury. Then we'd do a stint in juvenile where they're not real. There's no jury trials. There's really no rules of evidence. But you do practice putting up evidence to a judge. It's more like a social worker. But Kirby, I remember so many juveniles coming in holding, you know, five, five rocks, uh, rocks of crack. And what I realized very Cooper would be nearby directing the juveniles what to do, and the juvenile would pass the doper the money, and the doper would never really touch the, the, the dope because a juvenile might do two months at juvie jail where an adult could do 15 to life, depending on how many times he had been busted. So what Cheryl is saying does ring true that these people could be part of street gangs that are trying to get stolen items like guns working for somebody over them or not. What do you make of that? No, I, I think it's actually a very solid theory because they, they do for guns in people's cars. People shouldn't leave their guns in their cars. They do look for cell phones and electronics in vehicles. So there's a lot there. And, and you're correct. There is usually a, a I'm going to use a multi-level marketing term. There is an, an upline where you've got some older, more seasoned guys who are us, utilizing these younger guys who really just go out and just go crazy. I mean, in a, doing stupid things. Like, you didn't have to shoot anybody mm-hmm. at this stage of the game. To um, You didn't have to shoot anybody. You could have gotten it. There are cases where people are giving up the money and still get shot. But these guys are trying to make their bones or whatever phrase that, you know, is the current term of art on the streets. It's money. Making your name. And and they're doing it. And they're doing it with people who are just, who have, I mean, young people by themselves, good kids still, you know, if you, I've had teenagers, you know, my kids are grown now. But when the, in the teen years, you're like, dear Lord, 
you know, I, what is wrong with you? But imagine that with no supervision and some or the supervision they're getting is like Fagan and Oliver Twist, some evil mind mastermind who's just utilizing them and they're willing to do it and they are willing to kill, steal and destroy for the you know, a few hundred bucks for the gun, you know, change, as a matter of fact. Dr. Michelle Dupree, I'm listening to Kirby Clements, former prosecutor with me, now defense attorney. Dr. Dupree, thank you so much for being with us, number one, forensic pathologist, former medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. I could ask you about his injuries, how long it took him to bleed out, was he aware of what was happening to him, which I hate to think that he was lying there, on the ground near his truck dying. But what I want to ask you in all your experience, homicide investigation field guide, how can we catch these perps? Well, Nancy, unfortunately, if there's no... Uh-uh, no, uh, uh-uh. Yeah. don't start with unfortunately. Give me something to go on. Well, you're going to have to have somebody to talk. I mean, basically, that's it. If there's not cameras there from neighbors other doors. Well, wait a minute. Like Hold that. on. Taisha Fernandez joining us from WSB TV. Where'd these shots come, come from? Oh, those are from Knox's neighbors. Everybody in that neighborhood has a ring camera or something more, uh, even better on their houses. There are ex police officers in that neighborhood that have good cameras on the side of their houses. And I just want to add this again, Nancy, they came back to that neighborhood for a reason. They hit those same people, according to the neighbors, hit that same neighborhood up. I have a coworker who lives right across the street from Knox's grandmother, and she said those same guys were seen on camera coming back to that neighborhood. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. What's the likelihood, Dr. Michelle Dupree, that the different people all pick the same street to vandalize? It's them. If I could get one print off of one vehicle that they busted into, I've got something. And what about this? What about this? Go with me, Dr. Dupree. Remember the missing Connecticut mom of five, Jennifer Dulos? Remember how you and I talked about how the cops put together following her husband, Fotis Dulos, P-O-C, technical legal term, all through the neighborhood, all through the town, disposing of bloody clothes and different trash dumps, and they would get him on a ring camera. They'd get him on a traffic light cam. This really impressed me. A public bus opened up the door. And you could see him on the cam inside the bus drive-by. And they put together his movements, ending up at a car wash where he had the vehicle where I think he transported her dead body completely cleaned and detailed. If I've already got these pictures, why can't we do that with all the people that live in that neighborhood and maybe even get a license number? Trust me, they're not on foot. Somebody needs to recognize them and stand up and step up, Nancy. And a lot of times people just won't talk. 
We need more of a reward offered. I bet you they'll start talking. Is there a reward right now? There's a standard Crime Stoppers reward, $2,500 for any information. But if the community, you know, makes more of, of, of some noise, especially because that's a poorly patrolled neighborhood police-wise, I bet you offer more money, his friends will give him up. The shooter I'm talking about. You know, Donald Pridge, oh, do, oh, hold on, hold on. Does anybody know the caliber? What kind of weapon was used? Cheryl, do you know that yet? I do not. Well, we'll find out soon enough. To Donald Pridgen, Donald, you said words about him, about Knox Panther, and they really struck me about how kind and gentle he was, all that he had surmounted, all that he had been through to become the young man that he was there taking care of his grandmother. Tell me about him. Well, he was just coming into his own. He had always been happy, being in the background, being supportive, never had to be uh, in the spotlight. Uh, but he had just started this this tree business. His, his sister just got his business cards and his, his business signs just came to the house yesterday. He had a great dry sense of humor. And what was kind of funny on the business cards, I looked at him, and it was uh, his name of his company was Panthers Panther Tree Service. And I asked him why. And I was told, well, everyone mispronounces his name anyway, and he thought it was kind of funny. And that's just who he was. He was going to accommodate everybody else not being able to say Panther and get a little chuckle to himself about it every time they did it. I read a quote from you last night. Um, actually, it may be from your sister or your wife, Kelly. My wife, yeah. And she said, quote, sweet, quiet, Gentle, hardworking, decent person, beloved by all who knew him. That just really struck me. A sweet, quiet, gentle, hardworking, decent person, beloved by all who knew him. I, I don't think I've ever heard anything so beautiful. Well, and she said last night, and it's right, Knox has always been easy. Knox was easy when he was a baby, as a teenager, and as an adult. Knox was never the one to cause drama. He was always caught up in it, the things that he couldn't control. You mean like his cancer? Absolutely. And But he always, he never made things difficult for anyone. He, made, he, he was there to be supportive. I want you to take a listen to our cut number five. This is Joe Hinky at 11 Alive. Quiet. He was so humble. Uh, he was so supportive, and it, it is rare. I mean, you just, you just don't see that. Donald Pridgen is a lifelong friend of 24-year-old Knox Panter and his family. He says Panter lived in East Point where he was taking care of his grandparents. At the age of four, he lost an eye during a battle with cancer. And in 2012, he lost his mother to cancer. And he persevered through all that with tremendous grace and, 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 and love for those around him. Friday morning around 1 a.m., Panter was shot and killed outside his family's home. According to East Point Police, they say Panter was shot on the corner of Woodland Circle and Winburn Drive. As he tried to protect a truck he used for a tree trimming business he recently started. They were breaking into his truck and, and, and he came out upon them. Guys, the family is organizing a GoFundMe to help pay the funeral costs. It's the Knox Panther 
P-A-N-T-E-R, Memorial Fund. And it's got a great picture of him smiling, beautiful picture, and the picture that I, I showed you. And that just breaks my heart. The family needs help to pay for funeral costs. All we can do is pray for the family. And you may be thinking, oh, he's he's going to miss so much. And uh, But what he's done is he's gone ahead of us. We're the ones behind. He's gone on ahead of us to heaven. I just hate it so bad for his family. But all we can do now is try to find the people that took his life over nothing and left him there to bleed out. What is that grandma going to think every time she walks out of her front porch? She's going to look there and think, that's where Knox was killed. Try to take care of me. Tip line 404-761-2177. Repeat, 404-761-2177. Or you can go online to A Glover. A Glover at eastpointcity.org. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Goodbye.